Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, uh, Phil Blackman and Nathan Golia. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Same. Nice. Guys, well, we have, I'm excited to bring back our guest tonight, uh, who has been on the show before and has his own show, the Top Down Legacy Podcast. That is, of course, Cyrus Corman Gill. How are you doing, Cyrus? Welcome. Good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, good to have you back on. Yeah, we've got Cyrus back on today because I got into Magic Twitter the other day and I noticed that Cyrus had gotten in a bit of a kerfuffle with some other people in Legacy. It was was an all-out verbal brawl. Yeah, and because it was a searing hot take and we are the hot take podcast, um, I I, I just had to have you come on, Cyrus. And also, I don't think Eric would let you rant about this stuff. I'm already sweating from your hot take. (laughs) Yeah, Eric's always trying to be logical and... And analyze the format. I'm just here. I'm just here to be angry. That's why we bring on Phil. Yeah. What? <laughs> here for the muscles and the anger. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Wouldn't like him when he's angry. Cyrus, tell us a little bit about how you're feeling right now about Legacy. Man, I'm going to keep just, you on track. I'm going to keep you roped in. I just have so felt that. like the format kind of sucks since the uh, the Death Rite ban. And the, I guess the Probe ban, too. But, I mean, Death Rite is the only one that anyone ever talks about. I just feel like... The format has become less about what Legacy is classically about, and games just don't really feel like your decisions matter anymore. So there's a lot of decks that, like, there's a, there's more deck diversity, which I think is not actually true, uh, and I can explain why later, but it just feels like everyone is just tapping out at sorcery speed, everyone is just playing bombs, the format is just completely revolving around Brainstorm, there's no other cards on the same power level quite. And so it's like cards that punish Brainstorm and Brainstorm. And it's just all of the things that made Legacy great historically are just not there right now. And I just am not enjoying the format because it feels like if I'm just playing a format with like false deck diversity and a bunch of tap out threats, why don't you go play Modern or Standard with format I can actually get on the Pro Tour with rather than play Magic's Greatest Format? Like why waste my time? Right. And I, when, I saw, when I saw you said this, I was at first a little bummed because, you know, as we become friends over the past few months, like it was cool to see like someone young who was really embracing the format and using the time you had after getting out of college to like really work hard at grinding and creating content for Legacy. And I was a little bummed that you were, you know, so down on the format. But I also, you know, liked a lot of what you had to say or thought it was worth bringing on to have a discussion. And I think that where we want to, and this also gives us an opportunity to sort of catch up on what's happened since the ban, what's really shaken out. I mean. I wish we, we had the technology, and we do have the technology, we don't have the uh, time or patience to clip some of the stuff we predicted when we had Eric on right after Deathrite was banned. You know, I wish we had that because I, I've been surprised at what has been right and what has been super, super wrong. Like, maybe Phil, Zach, do you guys have, have you, is there anything you've been really surprised that just didn't work out that we that people were predicting? I don't remember well, I don't what mind we predicted, number one. but I do remember that I thought... Or I don't remember if we thought that the format was going to speed up or slow down. Um, but it's really surprising to me how fast the format moved with the loss of Deathrite Shaman. Like, I thought it would slow down because not everybody's going to have a mana bird and you don't just get free cantrips to, like, 
see if the coast is clear to kill somebody. So I thought the format would slow down a little bit, which is where I thought, like, you know, I guess, like, miracles and everything would, like, you know, the, the mid-range year decks would be fine. But I think the format's, like, you're lucky to get past turn three, it feels like. I remember thinking that uh, Wasteland was going to get a lot, either, either like, way better or way worse based on, based on, like, how the format twisted around not having access to Deathrite Shaman. And it feels like Wasteland's in the exact same spot and maybe slightly worse. Like, I don't care to play a Wasteland deck right now. And I think uh, part of that is because even the three color decks that, you know, are, are quote unquote greedy. You know, Grixis is playing uh, Island, Mountain, and uh, and Swamp, or at least Island and Swamp, uh, to, to mitigate that stuff. Uh, yeah, to, just to, because uh, Back to Basics became such a big deal. And so people stopped, basically stopped being able to play hard into uh, uh wastelands to begin with so they're the the format sort of uh hit this like wasteland wall where like wasteland was really good for like a couple weeks and then it like bounced back immediately and now like stifle wasteland decks don't seem as good so i thought rug delver was going to be really good and uh immediately and stay good and it's just kind of mediocre i feel like the wasteland thing is just like it's not even that wasteland has gotten bad it's just that you're dead before matter. You're dead. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. I, I, here, I want to synthesize what you guys both said and then pitch it back to Cyrus quickly. Phil, you said you were surprised how fast the format stayed. I'm, Zach, I'm surprised that the format got faster. Right, right. That got faster is a good is the better way to put it. Zach, you switched from rug to infect. What's a faster? What's like two? Well, what's the faster version of this rug deck? I guess infect is it, right? Yeah. And then I mean, there, infect, is, infect feels like a, a like uh, at least on the stack. It feels like uh, rug rug delver when you're trying to uh, like push push through a win or like stop a combo deck from killing you, but it, it uh, it's just it's faster for that reason. You you're trying to make it so that you don't have to sit around and like wait for you to like stop your opponent from winning. You're just like I'm trying to stop you from winning for a turn and get you in response. Right. The thing that really t uh, stuck out for me when I, was that I was like, uh-oh, we were wrong about certain things, was when I tried to test Bant Stoneblade, and I realized that Stoneforge Mystic, you're just dead. <laughs> Stoneforge, you're dead. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can't Stoneforge. I think I think overall, like, uh, Tunay Nemesis got worse. Right. I think we did, well, yeah, except for in very certain matchups, I think we'll get to in a minute. Cyrus sent me a lot of stuff, and, and, one, and I tried to boil it down for him, and we put a little outline together, just talking about some of, some of the stuff that he was bringing up. And, and perhaps this will illustrate a little bit of what Phil's saying with why the format feels faster. You have this, you've taken out so many of the power cards that you have Brainstorm. This is, I'm sorry, Cyrus, I'm putting a little bit of words in your mouth, but just you can back me up here or not. Um, you have Brainstorm being the most powerful thing you can do. And that just raises the value of Chalice. So now you have this Brainstorm versus anti-Brainstorm Chalice decks by Dichotomy. At the same time, Grizzlebrand uh, just is, if, if it ever hits play, you're just dead, right? And that then ups the ante on Force of Will and another card that I think should be pointed out, which is Surgical Extraction. Both Force and Surgical are zero mana interaction. So you've just incentivized this very low to the ground versus big time hammer strategy by having this, by, by the way the format sort of evolved over the past couple of years, not just because of the bannings in July, but because of various printings and other uh, action that the DCI has taken. Is that sort of where you're coming from? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it feels like. So kind of how I felt is that when Sensei's Divining Top was in the format, the format revolved around not just Brainstorm, but also Sensei's Divining Top. Because Brainstorm has always been the best card in Legacy, except when egregious cards existed. Like maybe you could argue that Dig Through Time was better or Flash was better than Brainstorm. I don't really think those would have been real cards without Brainstorm because they're both right. blue cards that Brainstorm made better and helped you fix your hand, find the combo pieces. And don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating for the banning of Brainstorm. I mean, that's why a lot of us play the format. But when there's cards like Sensei's Divining Top and Deathrite Shaman, cards that aren't on Brainstorm's power level, but maybe can compete with it, the format begins to revolve around different cards. So top leads to interesting stack interaction because the player's hands are extended and you can recover from things like him to Turok. And you're having these really interesting thought processes where you're saying, okay, my opponent doesn't just have seven cards in their hand, they have 10. So what are the cards they need to play around? What can they tap top with? What are they digging for? Uh, and then when you have death rate, and, and these cards share something, they encourage you to leave up mana, which leads to interesting interactions on the stack. And then when you have death rate, it's also a creature that can be killed. People love interaction. You're playing interesting games revolving around cre a creature. You're leaving up mana. There is a lot of death rate sub games between other death rates. And I, I mean, one of the best modes of death rate was never activating it against, say, like a Snapcaster Mage deck or something, because you wanted to have the threat of death rate open always. And now it's just like, well, Brainstorm is the best card, so we just need to be powerful. So Chalice punishes Brainstorm, so the Chalice decks have gotten more popular. Black Red Reanimator punishes Brainstorm because it kills you before you can... Because the thing about Brainstorm is it's a good card, but Brainstorm's not a good card on turn one. It's a good card on turn four or five when you need to fix your hand after you've had a couple dead draws. Gristlebrand just says, okay, we'll have a good hand now or, or lose the game. Uh, and then and then also I think Him to Tarok is a really interesting card because that is a card that has gotten very popular. And what Him does is it punishes all these decks. You want to play a combo? Okay, well, you're going to get him. You're going to lose. You want to play Miracles? Okay, well, two for one. You want to play Eldrazi? Well, you're very weak to him because your deck plays like 10 lands and your deck with six drops. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, I want to follow up on the idea of the top. Like, when top was around, it was actually good for the format. I do think that when we called back when they banned top that the actual card they should have gotten rid of was Counterbalance. Yes. Uh, because when they were, they said that like top, the problem with top was that it like was terrible for coverage because we, people would spin top six times in a turn. Well, if you got rid of counterbalance, you only are topping once, maybe yeah. twice if your opponent makes another play at most, because you don't have to worry about countering every spell anymore. But when you had that soft block, your best control deck was a deck that played basics. So wasteland was less uh, effective. And then you also had to deal with counterbalance. So the so counterbalance and basics incentivized the format to slow down because you had to figure out ways to beat counterbalance in order to make sure that your stuff would resolve. Uh, and the interesting play of like, what do you bait through that soft lock? And non-blue decks didn't care about counterbalance. So it you had these eight slots in your deck that just weren't even good against certain decks. Like you know, like I mean, I hate Eldrazi, but Eldrazi, you had decks like Death and yeah. Taxes that made right. Sensitive Binding Top Counterbalance look like a joke. Now they're just playing actual real forms of card advantage. They're drawing more cards, which just pushes the non-blue decks further out. And it, like the thing is, Wizards blame Top for making tournaments go on. I mean, I the only real Magic tournaments I play in besides online are major legacy tournaments. I travel to them. What you think every round still isn't going to time? That's a joke. Don't don't blame a card you design because you can't create a real rule system for slow play and enforce yeah. it. If you ever watch every single weekend, there's people slow playing on camera. Slow playing is cheating. When you slow play, you steal time from your opponent. You're cheating. It's against the rules. And I, you know, I've called slow play every tournament I've ever played. You know, I'm an extremely fast player. 
And the judges don't care because it's impossible to enforce because you're not paying your judges enough money and you have an outdated rule system that doesn't make any sense for enforcing slow play because it's this arbitrary made up thing. You need to have some sort of rule set. Tournaments are still going way over time. Rounds are still going to, people are still drawing. Miracles is still a slow deck because the rules suck and because the judges who are doing a fantastic job, you know, they're not being trained or paid enough money. So don't, wizards, you know, don't blame magic cards you design. Blame your competitive tournament magic being a joke. There's yeah. another thing about like rounds going to time and then you have five extra turns and those five extra turns don't have a clock. So like all of a sudden you're not Perfect. incentivized to actually play quickly anymore once you move into turns. So like the, what really needs to happen is you just get rid of the extra turns and just say, hey guys, two minute warning or five minute warning. If and people play to win an extra know, turns. And then yeah, you have to. What? You're playing competitive REL. You have to play to win an extra turns. You're playing your outs. That means no, no, what I'm saying is like, no, no, I'm saying you don't have the to game play to have those extra turns. And they might slow play in the last few turns so that they know their opponent only has this many turns to win or things like that. People slow play on camera every weekend and it's just, it's cheap. Yeah. It's, and they don't do anything about it. One of I'm the saying most... in round turnover. For round turnover, like the, the last five turns when your round is on the line, you're going to tank for as long as you need to. Yeah. Like, no, there, there's no, there's no punishment for like actually taking your time in turns because turns aren't timed. What but was the, I've never seen when, a game when rounds go over time. by like 20, 25 minutes, I, the, the majority of that is definitely the people who are in turns taking their sweet time. That's like, and it's that's still the same decks. Like, Miracles is still going to time because now they don't have top to go through their deck and find their win conditions, things like that. They don't have a pseudo lock as easily. It's just, yeah. I want to I mean, say it was, it was, uh, it was the Pro Tour right before they banned uh, Summer Bloom. And the, the finals of the Pro Tour, four times they came over to the guy playing playing the Titan Bloom deck and they were like, you're going to have to speed it up or we're going to or we're going to have to give you, uh, you know, we're going to have to do something. And they did it four times to this guy and he continued to slow play on camera in the final round of a Magic event. And because it was the final round, they, they weren't going to like, oh, we're going to, you know, yeah. give you give you a game loss in the final round of a Magic event. But that's BS. Like. That guy was slow playing like crazy, and he's teaching other people to slow play at the same time because they're watching a top pro player do that. It's it's bonkers that there's not a, a ruling for that. It's the it's the thing that gets me the most upset about this game is when I'm playing in somebody and I can tell they're angling for time. I don't even like combo decks. I play. I don't. I, I don't even like playing combo decks more than other decks necessarily. I just think that competitive magic, there's no good way to enforce slow play, and it's a joke under the current system. And so I just play a combo deck because I almost never get draws, and I still sometimes do. I've gotten I've gotten a game warning for playing too quickly before, never for slow play. <laughs> I've gotten warnings for playing too quickly, and I'm drawing in matches of magic. I'm going to tell you, that's not my fault playing my turn one combo deck as a player who's getting warned to play too quickly, and I've never had an opponent get a game loss despite me calling judges. I mean, I don't want to win games that way, but I want people to play within the rules of Magic, and slow playing is cheating, and it doesn't get enforced. There's a I'm going to give us, gonna give us a couple more minutes on slow play, but just I wanna, one thing I want to say is, just to Zach's point about the guy on camera, it's bad because because then other people watching this think, I can play this slowly because that guy did it, and then you, it's slow play becomes contagious. Moreover, it, it looks like a valid strategy to win the game. It was in the know? finals of the Pro Tour. Yeah. Yeah. And when you cheat, seconds, the worst is going to happen when you cheat. Oh, I got a six-month ban because I cheated. Like, it's a joke. I mean, we I also, could go wanna, on that conversation. Woo. When we move on, before we move on, I just want to propose a, like, if anybody, like, has influence that listens to these podcasts, that a, a, a way to actually be able to enforce slow play is we've all heard when a judge goes, I'm going to need you to make a play. 
and then somebody's still thinking and then the judge doesn't know how to enforce it because they they have to make the judgment call to like actually give this person a penalty and they don't actually know what to do because there's not a hard like this is the rule this is how we go about it it's it's actually like subjective the, so you just take I, my a card out their is, hand. you know how like <laughs> when, in, in um when you see people draft at the gps or pro tours or whatever they actually have a countdown like three two one draft mm -hmm. like and whatever the second somebody says i need you to make a play how much time until they get penalized from that warning and then just give every judge a stopwatch Every time they say, I'm going to need you to make a play, they click their stopwatch for however many seconds you get to decide. And then if they don't, seconds. then you get a penalty. <laughs> I think 15 seconds. 15 seconds, yeah. So have 15 seconds on a clock. And they're not saying that unless you've already taken almost a minute. Yeah, least. if the judge says, like, look, you went over 15 seconds, you're getting punished. Like, then they don't then they don't have to feel like I'm the bad guy giving you a punishment. It's the player breaking the rule. Yeah. I also uh, just yeah. think that, like, duressing them, <laughs> like, your, your opponent now gets to duress you. You've taken too long. You lose a card. No, it should be a game loss because slow playing is cheating, and cheating is not allowed in Magic because you're stealing time from your opponent. It's not a chess clock. You each are supposed to have roughly 25 minutes to play a match of Magic, including and not including sideboarding. So it's like like sideboarding is included in your 50 minutes. So it's like it, if you spend 40 or if you spend 30 minutes in a match and your opponent only got to spend 20, you stole 20, 10 minutes from them that they should have gotten time to think. Yeah. Uh, I just want to, so we had written this as pillars of the format. I just want to get back to what we're talking about. Uh, but I think rather than pillars of the format, what I want to say is more or less like angles of interaction that we have right now. We have that brainstorm chalice interaction. We have that grizzle brand force of will slash surgical interaction where we're just very low to the ground and very like who got their thing first and who has the lineup against it. And then what we have, I, I think is a problem is that in the fair matchups, you know, Cyrus mentioned him. You're so heavily incentivized to play the still way over the top cards. There's not a lot of room for these sort of minor, like, synergy interactions to really take off. Bill, we were talking about Psy yesterday. I was like, oh, I should just be playing True Name Nemesis if I'm playing this many islands. You know, I'm tapping them for three mana. You know, I didn't say that to you, but I was thinking it. But I don't want to think that. I think that I wish there was a little bit more space to do. But then you have these backbreaking cards in the fair matchups. Him, True Name. Coligon's command, want to go there, Terminus, all these things that are just so far over rate that it just it it makes it so hard for a lot of fair decks to breathe. Um but him so is like counterbalance. It's it's like the most unfun card for both players. It's a high variance, one-sided, unfun card. Like when you him someone and you win the game, you're like, oh sick, I got your two best cards. And when you him someone and you miss and they still win, like you him a combo player and their last two cards are show until gristle brand, like that sucks. It feels bad for feels bad for you. And it's like counterbalance. Like when you blind flip someone on counterbalance, it feels so bad for them. And when you miss all of your counterbalance triggers because it's a high variance card, it just feels so bad for you. Like it feels so bad for the player with the counterbalance. Like it's just an unfun high variance card. And it's like right. I think it's fine as a power level aspect of the format, but there's I've never played a game where him Tarak was a cast and I had enjoyed the rest of that game, even if I won. I was like, oh sick, I have way less cards now. <laughs> all these Bill, sweet plans I had just gone. Phil, did you want to make a quick point before we move on? Uh, I was just going to say that there are certain things where on these uh, th these cards that you just mentioned, uh, they're the best thing that you can do for what you're putting them in your deck to do. There's no competition. Like, if you want to reanimate a fatty or put a fatty into play, there's no competition against Grizzlebrand. Grizzlebrand's the best thing, and then it's if you want anything on top of that. For a fair deck to be tapping out on three mana, TNN's the best thing you can be doing. There's nothing else going on. So... And then him is just the fact that, like, you can't hold up 
counter magic anymore. They're, the only counter magic that's worth playing is like, it, it's like if you're holding up spell pierce and then they slam TNN, you're boned. If you are holding up Flusterstorm and they are like uh, put in a, a sneak attack, like what are you supposed to do? So like since the format is so wild and so fast, you can't actually line up counter magic properly aside from forceful because it's free and gets everything. Yeah. So enforcing him sucks anyways. Like, oh man, I got two for one, so I don't get two for one because of a stupid high variance card. I mean, yeah, and there are some things where it's like a, a lot of times the because the combo decks are so fast it's like you, you can open up like a pierce or a snare or whatever and lose the die roll and you're dead so oh yeah you know yeah regarding like, crystal brand and people are always like oh when death right ban gets banned combo's not going to be the best archetype because you know people are just going to play great fate go look at honor agdas who won like one of the last couple challenges and he's playing one surgical extraction one surgical extraction is 75 is piece of gray pay. And you know what the trophy leader is by a huge margin is black red animator. I'm friends with Eric and he's like, yeah, I've had multiple times where I've gone 20 and 0 this season. I have an 80% win rate and I'm on pace for a hundred trophies. Dredge won the last two challenges. People are like, well, you know, graveyard decks are going to be the best decks in the format. I mean, like people are just going to play real great. Well, it's not happening. And graveyard decks are the best decks in the format from a match win percentage perspective and from on magic online, which is a obviously different meta. And you talk to people and they say, well, I'm not going to play more than one surgical because that's not real testing. Like what? I, <laughs> yeah. uh, can, can I also just say when like only one surgical, if the, the, all those combo decks that are playing graveyard stuff, they have interaction where they can discard, like they're playing discard spells, whether it's unmasked, duress, thought sees, what have you, like they can interact with your hand. And when we're talking about graveyard hate, the only reasonable graveyard hate you can play right now is surgical. Rest in peace, you're dead. You don't get you're to two dead. mana. You are you're, dead you are to rest, so dead. rest in peace. You, you want to play uh, like a, a crypt? Yeah, okay, hopefully you don't lose the die roll. Like, yeah. there is nothing, like, you need to be able to lose the die roll and interact. And the only thing that enables you to do that is surgical extraction. And they can get it out of your hand before they do that. Even if they or just chancellor like, it. <laughs> even if they show you a chancellor, yeah, and then you're just dead. So like the format is so dependent, is even more dependent on the die roll now. And well, there's Leyla in the void, which is another extremely unfun high variance card. Yeah. It's like games of oh. Leyline are like you're you're not playing your deck at all. You're like, okay, Mulligan. Oh, is there Leyline? Nope. Okay, send it back. And the other player is like, well, I hope they don't have Mulligan, or I hope I draw one of my answers to to Leyline. And neither of you are even playing some playing something close resembling a game of magic. Because if you have a seven card hand against Black Rider Mander with no lands and a ley line, you, you think really hard on it. If you keep that, that's not magic. That's not how the game is supposed to be played. That's screwed up. Now, is this, and the problem specifically with that isn't that, uh, like, Reanimator is too powerful. It's just specifically that when Grizzlebrand is on the table, you're dead. If they put in, like, I remember before Grizzlebrand, people were playing Gingitaxis. That means that you at least get a draw step and can play with the cards in your hand. So if you like plow it or something, like the game continues. But yep. with Grizzleband, you're actually just dead because they just draw 40 cards and then put a Sire of Insanity or whatever they have, whatever the secondary creature they put on the table is. Iona, Elishar, whatever beast you're whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Grizzlebrand or Golgari Grave Troll are too good for the format. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the format's not in a good place when Grizzlebrand and Golgari Grave Troll are, are winning tournaments and crushing online. Like, I mean, I always play Commodus. I like playing decks like that. But I think the format's in an awful place if I think a good option is for me to register Golgari Grave Troll for a tournament. And I'm considering well, I think we'll that, that I think that Grizzlebrand is tough. The best thing I've ever heard it said about it is that, like, you can't have your combo payoff also be, like, the way you rebuild when they stop your payoff. Yeah. 
Like, and that's the problem with Grizzlebrand. I can tell you, like, I played Tin Fins. You know, I've been playing Tin Fins. I do find it to be fun. Like, Grizzlebrand's a fun card to have in play for the person who has it in play. Except for the fact that people just, which I said to do on the podcast, you should just scoop when you see a Grizzlebrand and Phil's right and you're right and everyone's right. Just scoop. You're you're dead. I put my shallow grave, bring back my Grizzlebrand, and the opponent's already shuffling. And then I go back and, uh, you know, we go to game two. What does my opponent have? Bunch of fairy macabres, bunch of rest in pieces with death and taxes. Yeah, like neither very cool. Yeah, it's true. You're definitely not playing Magic as Garfield intended. Yeah, not Death and Taxes. White Weenie deck kept keeps a hand with no creatures. He kept a hand that was like two planes, a rest in peace, a fairy macabre that he couldn't cast, <laughs> like two swords of plowshares, like something crazy like that. Like we're getting into the territory where the like one card that hasn't shown up yet, but like eventually people will just be like, yeah, I need to be able to interact on turn zero on the draw. People are just going to start playing Mindbreak Trap, and that card's also not fun. Oh, yeah, I strongly agree. It's terribly <laughs> yeah. designed. How do you it's feel like, about Mindbreak Trap, Cyrus? <laughs> it's just it's just terrible design. It's like, oh, I guess you got me. Cool. Like, like, well, it's like they were like, well, like Flusterstorm would be cool if we put it in Modern, but maybe we shouldn't put it in Modern. But let's just put this card in instead. Yeah, Trap was before <laughs> Fluster, but... Uh, there's Ravenous Trap, too. I mean, there's a lot of... There's traps, like, that you can win with, like... And again, it's it's just free, and free is always... Free is always bad for the game. Well, that's not, it's not... I think the argument isn't that they're free. Traps, the argument is you have to open it. Yeah, that's and why that's, it's bad. Well, yeah, that's part of it, too. There's and no agency just, in, you, in you just, like, looking at your seven and hoping that it's good. You have to mulligan. Like there's agency in mulliganing, but you're just still. It's hoping, you know. Especially okay. I, I ley lines, because what happens if you ponder into a ley line? Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can shuffle. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. I'm sorry if I totally do a better job. Thank you, everyone on task. But so, what, what are we missing? Like, what's the what's the thing that is that attracted you to the format that's missing? I'm gonna go first because, like, you guys are 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 you know all you know very into playing blue decks and that's great and i like playing blue decks too but one thing that i always really liked about legacy was that you had this sort of even in the non-blue decks when i started you had this sort of like very powerful things you could do because they were either banned in modern or only ever legal in legacy because they were from like the cards like like cabal therapy is one of my favorite cards that's never going to be legal in modern it's also never really going to be busted you know um, there was just there's just so many more things like that. The, the first deck I played in Legacy was Zombie Bombardment, and that's like Goblin Bombardment. You're never gonna really see that again. You're never gonna see Cabal Therapy. You know that's those cards just aren't really printed anymore. And that really that kind of incremental like finding cool interactions stuff is really hard to do right now. I I, I do these things like a Hollow One and Arclight Phoenix, and they're labors of love. And, you know, that's because my priorities are different. But, you know, it's two weeks to Eternal Weekend, and unfortunately I just can't get those to a good place where I just feel like they're powerful enough. And it's just a lot of the power has been concentrated in very certain decks, especially as they keep taking tools away that had more horizontal application, like Top and Deathrite Shaman. So that's my, that's my soapbox about what I just wish was the case. I thought there was, you know, there's just no... There's, you find a cool interaction, and you're just like, all right, well, you know what's also a cool interaction? Reanimate and Grizzlebrand. You know what I mean? Like, that's just where you end up every time. Sorry for shutting down the podcast, everybody. No, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about, like, why I started playing Legacy, and I think it was, you know, like, I don't think that the reason why I started playing Legacy has stopped. I, I literally started playing because there were other people my age playing. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't have to play against some kid learning the game 
you know, I didn't have to, you know, uh, play against somebody playing budget decks or anything like that. Like, you know, if you're playing a budget deck in this format, you lose. Um, you know, it, it, it was a format where, for the most part, you know, there are obvious uh, uh, times when this isn't true. For the most part, you do have to have some level of skill in the game. You just can't pick up a, to a deck and be like, I'm going to win. You know, like, now... Don't get me wrong, uh, putting a Grizzle Brand out on turn zero or turn, you know, turn one when your opponent hasn't played yet doesn't include a lot of skill, but there is something to be said about uh, about being able to play other adults in this game, and that's that's kind of why I got into the format if we're if we're speaking truthfully. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh I play Legacy because I like to do sweet things. Like, I mean, I play every Magic format competitively. I'm playing Vintage Eternal Weekend, I grind PVTQs, you know, I've played a lot of Standard, a lot of Modern, but I think the difference is from Legacy, from every other format, is that the stack matters. And we joke about Magic as Garfield intended. Magic as Garfield intended, I think, revolves around powerful spells. There's a reason Ancestral Recall is in the same set as all of those lame-ass creatures they printed in Alpha. <laughs> like, they want cool cards to exist. Counterspell, it's a card absurdly above rate on power level. And when they made the decision to start making more powerful creatures than spells was around when the modern border came out. And that's why we have modern. If you want to play dumb creatures, if you want to tap out, you want to not think. You, I mean, not, yeah, <laughs> modern, yeah, I, yeah, I play a lot of modern. Some trouble. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play modern and, and what you want to do is do your really powerful thing and play your pet deck and have sweet cards, there's a format for that. You know, if you want to play stupid games of magic that revolve around, you know, lock pieces like sphere resistance and graveyard decks and force of will go play vintage if you want to have sweet stack interactions with numerous viable decks and interesting decisions that revolve around what's in your hand and guessing games with cards like cabal therapy what's on top of their deck with top things like that then legacy is the perfect format and i don't feel like the stack matters anymore i feel like i people look at their hand and they say how much mana can i spend every single turn and you want to spend as much mana as you can and then you know what happens? People play Hymn to Turok, which punishes you for playing cards that cost a lot of mana, because now you're stranded with cards that cost a lot of mana. People play uh, Reality Smasher or Crystal Brand, which just kill you before you get to cast your sweet cards. Or people play Back to Basics, like, oh, sweet, I tapped out for my really expensive cool card because I'm using all my mana every turn. Oh, none of your lands untapped for the rest of the game. And I, I just don't feel like the format's in a place where the stack matters right now. And even with Storm, you know, I'm a Storm aficionado. I love playing the deck. I understand it has issues and it's bad for the format for a lot of reasons I don't like the deck. I don't think it's a very good deck. But it, it just feels like it used to be like I've tried to be playing guessing games like Wall Therapy. All my cantrips would be interesting. You played top, things like that. Now it's like I'm playing four preordained, four thought seas, four duress. I'm trying to spend all of my mana every turn and I win the and then I, you know, eventually I kill you. Like it's not, I'm not doing interesting loops of pass and flames. I'm not trying to tutor chain you and trap you into casting spells. I'm just trying to cast all, use all of my mana every turn. And it's before just, we, I, I want to bring it back uh, before we go to Phil Cyrus, something that I, what I was saying before to bring it to what you said, which is that the stack interaction isn't just about counter spells, as far as I'm concerned, because you have cards like Goblin Welder and Crop Rotation that go back, you know, years and have been there from the beginning of Legacy that also had very interesting stack implications. And now that incremental stack interaction is just so, I don't want to say impossible, but just like not, you're just not going to, you're not going to put it together enough times. Well, Death Rite's a card that used the stack. Top was a card that used the stack. Things like right. that. Like, there's interesting things that use the stack and it, it just, 
It just doesn't feel like that. I mean, Dark Ritual is a card that's interesting that uses a stack like, hey, do I counter this? Do I not counter this? It's like, you know, it's not an interesting card. Hey, do I counter show and tell? Do I counter reanimate? That's not. <laughs> yes. Is the answer to that question. Zach, we still got you? I'm here. Yep. Phil left, though. Uh, we dropped Phil. Well, we'll get we'll, we'll let's get Phil the dial back in, but um, let's uh. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, I I think you know before before we get too far into this, I I do want to say that I I have to disagree with you, and I think that Legacy is in a good place, but that's uh completely uh, uh subjective based on the way I I play the game. I don't think that maybe it's be better for everybody, but I feel better about entering a tournament right now than I ever have. Can you tell us a little bit why? I'd like to bring the the counterpoint in here, maybe. So, before so we get yeah, it. so like, okay, for the last three years, I've been trying to make Nimble Mongoose like happen, right? I've been playing Rug Delver and just been getting crushed by Eldrazi. I've been getting crushed by any deck with a Chalice, you know. I and and I and I sat around. I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's time to put up the Mongoose and try something different. I played Blue Red Delver. It was fine. I, you know, I, I, I won a couple local tournaments uh, with it, like got a dual land or two off, off of that. But it doesn't feel like magic the way I want to play it, you know? I don't feel like I'm doing anything inherently powerful. I'm just, like, playing a stupid burn deck that has brainstorms in it. Um, but, uh, so then, you know, that led me into discovering Infect and being like, okay, well, like, ch let's check this out. Like, this is a, a deck that doesn't, like, just fold to Chalice immediately. Um, and, and I'll try that. So basically what, what happened is, um, you know, I, I'm on Infect now, but I also tried Miracles. Um, I tried Death Shadow. I, I basically, uh, the format being terrible for, for me as a rug player, uh, allowed me to play several other decks that I wouldn't have ever tried otherwise. And it, it made me a slightly more well-rounded player. And now that, uh, the format is, is where it's at right now, any of those decks is viable to me. And I can actually afford to play them. So to me, I'm just happy I'm not seeing Deathrite Shaman every, every single time I, I sit down at a table. Because the last, the, the last like, 20 tournaments I entered, uh, it, it was it was 50% Grixis Delver every time. Like, I was guaranteed to play people who were playing Grixis Delver or people who hated Grixis Delver so much that they refused to play Grixis Delver. So <laughs> I, I, I felt like... I was. I feel like now I'm the happiest I've I've been in the format in, in a very long time because I'm not seeing the exact same thing over and over again, which is what bothered me the most about the format and almost got me to uh, to stop playing it for a long time. I have a counterpoint to this. Let me tell you something, brother. If you're digging this podcast, you got to go over to Patreon.com/EternalDurtles and become a patron right now. Oh yeah. So please. I do agree that fun is subjective, and I play a lot of Legacy, so I think that the argument can be made that I'm just being jaded and salty and burnt out because I'm playing too much Legacy. That being said, I played it as much or more Legacy before the bannings and enjoyed it plenty. But I think that that is a very much so anecdotal evidence. And I think that if you Agreed. look at what the decks are in the format... So I use Bryant's Bryant Cook spreadsheet to see the metagame percentage because I think that... It, that is medic, That is his percentage of decks he's played against since the death rate ban. Let's look at the, the decks. 12% of the meta is Delver decks. Delver decks without probe or death rate. That's the most played deck. 9% of the meta is Storm. That's Storm without Gitaxian probe. 8% of the meta is Miracles. That's Miracles without Sensei's Divine Top. Then there's Death and Taxes at 8%. Cool. Gri then there's Tech Pile, Grixis Control, whatever you want to call it without death rate Shaman. Then there's Black Raider Animator and Dragon 
Stompy and Eldrazi are the other most played decks. The, the thing is, is what we're looking at is Death Rightless Delver, Probeless Storm, Topless Miracles, and, and then Death and Taxes and Death Rightless Check Pile are the top decks in the format. It's still the same decks with the same exact play patterns. You're not, it's like, just because the deck doesn't have death right doesn't mean the games against Delver play out more similar, like very similarly. If anything, I think they play out less interestingly because now you don't have that, that they, they have no reason to leave up mana. So they're just tapping out for Death Shadows, Gurmags, Him to Turox. Miracle's tapping out for Back to Basics. Uh, Storm yeah. isn't playing Cabal Therapy, which I think is an interesting card, things like that. And it's like, I think that people have cited decks like Goblins, Top Eating Events, or sometimes you see Zombie Bombardment, or you see Maverick, or all these cool decks. The thing is, those decks aren't doing well because they're doing well. They're doing well because no one's playing Legacy. Go look at, what was GP Richmond? 800 people? Yeah, Legacy GPs a year ago were 2,000 people. But what are the Legacy Classics now? 100 people? Are we really talking about how these Tier 3 decks are top-eating 100-person events? Yeah, sure, it happens. Like, the, the 4K I won, Manalus Dredge top-eighted. Like, sure, these are decks that sometimes randomly spike events, but Legacy it, as a format, it, less people are playing it. And so more fringe decks are going to seem more viable, but in terms of metagame percentage and what is actually doing well in match win percentage, those decks are not showing up. Uh, before we get back to you, Zach, I, I just want to sort of synthesize a little bit of what you're both saying here, because on the one hand, I turned out, I, it turned out that I did feel a breath of fresh air after the banning in that I didn't see Delta C death right like three out of five times in a league. So I actually, I did experience more than I expected of a sort of relief of just like, ooh, I don't know what my opponent's playing quite yet, you know? Um, but usually it takes another turn. On the other hand, Cyrus, I'm with you. Like, I, I just don't... I, every time one of these challenges or, a you know, a new... It's like, great, oh, look, three out of three out of eight decks were blue, black, X, Delver. Two out of eight decks were Miracles. Like, good thing we banned all these cards. Like... We didn't. That's why I think that the death, the death right thing was like really a symptom of a larger problem, where there's just too much coalescence around these very particular strategies: blue black X, and I guess anti blue black X. It's just there's no there's just no no middle ground. And like people like look, my Maverick friends, like I love you guys, and I played Maverick like in real tournaments. Bill, right? We did play. <laughs> like, did yes. And that was a real tournament for real money with a real prize. Like I, I liked Maverick and everything, but I just could not. If I, if it was like gun to my head, you know, I wouldn't play it. Like no, I'd take my chances with some sort of blue black X deck. And you know, I do think that that's just it's just not enough. There's not enough going on there. Phil, we lost you though. Did you want to add anything to uh, why you like playing Legacy in the first place? Uh, the, yeah, the reason why I enjoyed playing Legacy in the first place was I loved, I mean, I, you know how I always rant about Ponder being, how anybody who doesn't play for Ponder in their blue decks is just absurd. Uh, yeah. And I think that goes to the core of why I enjoyed playing Legacy was I felt like it was the format where you had the most agency over things that played out. And I'm on the side of the reason that I think the, the format is already kind of boring and there, is because of those, like people are playing the, the decks that it's just like, oh yeah, game's immediately over. Um, where it just it cuts off a bunch of interaction, and so it actually means you have less agency over uh, how games play out. And I think when both players both have a ton of agency what, over what happens, your decisions and actually trying to outplay the person sitting across from you is actually doable, as opposed to oh you lost the die roll and they cast a chalice, or oh they lost the, you lost the die roll, they just black red reanimator belt you. Um, 
Yeah, right. So. And actually, that's a good. I'm glad that was your point about this because that is what we were talking about uh, during the minute you dropped off, and we're going to come back now because we that I think is sort of where, where what Cyrus was talking about when we when I first messaged him and what you're talking about, Phil, and how I feel. And then there's Zach who says like, "Hey, you know what? I'm just happy to not have to face this thing." And I think that the thing is like, it's not about whether or not anything is objectively worse. I don't think. I guess the question is like, is this a format that is going to hold interest? Is it going to keep going? I mean, GP Richmond, 800 people is frightening in a way for that. And, you know, I can, I mean, I can tell you anecdotally, like we haven't had great attendance recently at, in Utah at our, our legacy weekly used to get 30 to 40 people. We sometimes don't get eight now. I don't even go anymore because I think the, all I play against is Chalice and Grizzle brand. I mean, that's weeklies, but I don't even want, I wish I hadn't bought my ticket to eternal weekend. Yeah. I, I I just love it. The thing is, I love Eternal Weekend. Like I, I haven't been there in so long, but I just love when 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 the, all the graybeards get together. Cyrus doesn't have a graybeard yet, but I do, and Zach does. So <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, can't, but, like, I actually I, can't grow facial hair. <laughs> but like yeah, I know. So it's it's weird. Like I, I don't really. I'm glad I'm going, but I'm not going because I. It's funny. I'm not really going because I expect to have a ton of fun playing Legacy. I'm going because I'll get to see some people who are just like. I don't care about winning this tournament, so I just brought my cool-looking deck, right? Yeah, I hope I O2 dropped the tournament in both formats. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you're, you're going for the same reason that I started playing Legacy, because there's a cool crowd of people to hang out with that you actually like. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I keep playing Legacy. It's great. I mean, I, I wish that me and my friends could hang out and do other things, uh, but unfortunately, we're all busy nerds, and when we have free time, they all want to play Legacy, so... I still play it for that reason, and I still spend a lot of time talking about and thinking about Legacy every day, but I just, I mean, I'm sure people have watched my streams. I was up to having like 100 viewers per stream, 40 subscribers. I just stopped streaming because I get too frustrated playing games of Legacy. I just have such little fun that I don't want people to watch me being that frustrated, so I stopped streaming. Yeah. So um, we, you know, to to, to uh, sort of uh, reply to your reply about uh, about the um, the subjective fun thing, I think you're right. And, uh, and, and, you know, the numbers speak for themselves that, that uh, we have almost the exact same decks, just slightly different builds of these decks because things have been banned. Um, so, you know, if, if we can agree that I do like the format more, you like the format less, those are obvious just back statements about who we are as people. What do we do? How do we move forward? What's the solution that we can take to to make this format uh, one that we both are are uh, happy or at least begrudgingly happy uh, to to play? We have on our outline unbannings, bannings, new printings. I almost don't even want to talk about unbannings and bannings. I think we've hit it pretty <laughs> well. Printings. I think we all. I think we. I think the editorial position of this podcast is that Sensei's dividing time should be a legal card, and like, but like whether or not that's going to happen is is. Very, Does everybody just you know, want to pick one card that they un, that, that they can unban? You know what? <laughs> I would pick top. I would pick top and not look back. I just top, think top. It, it was too much. There was too much cool stuff that that glued together. So we and got, I just miss it. We got two for top. Phil, what do you think? I mean, obviously top, but like I'm also for top, not just because I played Miracles forever. I'm also for top in that. Everybody, the like the hate for brainstorm in the non-brainstorm decks. Top was the not was the version that let you actually have uh, deck manipulation in any color. Yeah, and I think that's a, that that was important. That you know your, you know, Selesnya deck or whatever, if you wanted to, could actually have a card that manipulated the top of your library, 
And it wasn't just a, your fair blue deck, you know? I had an engine that was top and uh, coarser crew fix. Like, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And guess what? That deck was good. Dude, there were people who were playing, like, top plus welder, like, stack it so you draw a card and then sack the top to draw another card. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Painter has three GP top eight. It's a sweet deck. Yeah, so, and I think Painter's still an interesting and, and, and solid deck, but that's really just due to the people who really love Painter, like Jack Hitchin. Yeah, Hitchin's it's just Jack Hitchin, because like, Jack Hitchin could win with anything. The guy is the master of unmagic. I played him recently in, like, a 80-person <laughs> tournament. He went turn one... Uh, Painter served against me all three games because he's a master of unmagic. When he needs the cards, they're there for him. Who needs top when you just, you know, draw what you need? I, I will Zach, say about. On... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go Zach. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pull a hot take here and 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 not choose top. I actually think that the format would be would be more interesting, maybe not better, more interesting if uh, we got to see Manadry in the format. You're dead. You can't. You like holding up two mana. You're dead. Yeah, I think Mana Drain would be interesting for the format. I, I think it would probably... I, I agree. I think it actually would, would be better because Mana Drain... And we, could, we talk about this a little bit if you talk about Vintage at all, but Mana Drain is just not very good against the really fast decks uh, because you're encouraged to play four drains rather than something like Fluster. Mm -hmm. And so Mana Drain is not seeing any play in Vintage right now, which is yeah. insane. Uh, it's a pillar of the format. Here's a list of cards I think, though. Like, like if you look at cards... like. The, the notion that cards are banned in Legacy not because they're unfun, but because they're too powerful is total nonsense. If you look at cards like Frantic Search, Goblin Recruiter, Imperial Seal, Hermit Druid, Mind's Desire, Windfall, Yawgmoth's Bargain, Sense Divine, Top Death Rate, say what you want about those cards. I play a lot of Vintage, and those cards are not better than Brainstorm, not even close. Those cards are not even close to as good as Fetchlands. And I don't want Fetchlands or Brainstorm to be banned, but they ban those cards because they lead to unfun games and magic for people. And it's like, yeah, Gristlebrand and Chalice are nowhere near good enough to be banned. I think they're overall good for the format in terms of deck diversity. But man, games that you play against those cards just suck. They're just well, it, Gristlebrand being legal is is just Grizzle Brainstorm is is bad enough. I think in some ways though, it's it, it's like a third rail. But Gristlebrand being legal, and then you just like like, oh, what if this was Grizzlebrand like in your vintage deck? We're gonna talk about vintage, by the way. Yeah, how is Yagmas Bargain banned? How is <laughs> Like, what if it was a Grizzlebrand and we couldn't reanimate or show and tell her sneak attack? What about... It also just give your draw set and didn't attack for seven. What about unbanned Necropotence? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's too good. Everyone says it's too good. You guys should have had someone who's... All right, I'll go. ...before on your podcast, before you started talking about Necropotence. Because let me tell you, games that go turn one Dark Ritual Necropotence, it does not matter what your opponent does. The game is over on the next turn. Well, well, that's true. That, the okay, I will. <laughs> I will allow. I will allow you allow that argument that it's over on the next turn. But what I won't have is someone telling me that it's over that turn, which is what a lot of people tried to tell me. They're like, "It's over the turn you cast it," because then you just draw a bunch of cards on your instep and go off. And I'm like, "That is not how." Uh, that's not how uh, yeah, yeah, unless you have you have to have like Shimmer Mirror for that to work. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, th I, there was an entire Reddit thread where like someone was telling me I'm stupid because he could come up with a way to automatically win if he spends 19 life. And I was like, you can't. It's, you, you would have to wait till you untap. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, that I, I, think the, I think the problem with a lot of the cards on the legacy ban list that are legal and vintage is restricted card is that they are fine cards when it's like a one of, but when you can play four of them, suddenly when your deck is four Dark Rituals, four Necros, the chance that you're turn one Necroing off like a Ponder into a Petal Dark Ritual Necro is like too high, I think. Um, 
There was I think like ad nauseum requiring two rituals yeah. is on the right power level of the game probably ends when you resolve it or like in two reanimate requiring two cards, things like that. Yeah. I will hot. say this though, that, that that's true. The problem is that it's not that it, it the, the Delta between that and, and what you're able to do with Grizzle brand right now is, is almost negligible as far as I'm concerned, because I mean, it's, the, the argument for it is like now I wouldn't make the argument that Necro should be unbanned because one I thought it would be a cool d card with death right because you'd occasionally have fair decks playing it, but also now it would just exacerbate the force of will surgical. Well, even surgical is not good against Necro because you don't have a graveyard, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's just like that's not great now, but the fact is like you basically have we basically have it in the format and we all know it's not fun. So I will say, <laughs> uh, Necro opponents is barely better than Doomsday. <laughs> I mean, Doomsday needs top and pro to be legal for it to be a real card, but they're both effectively black, black, black win the game. Yeah, right, exactly. And the decks that would play it. And no let's, one, I mean, no one's playing Doomsday. Let's talk about Vintage for a minute because we are gonna, we're running up on time, but um, I did want to touch on Vintage because uh, I know you're playing it in uh, at Eternal Weekend too. And uh, and you also made the point about not just Legacy, but also Vintage, just that it's just, you know, Vintage is also not in a great spot either. And I don't, but the thing is, like, I don't think there's much to say that we don't really already know. We've got, as long as misstep, outcome, and shop are legal, as, as four ofs, this is what it's going to be. And I don't necessarily know how to, other than misstep and maybe outcome, I think restricting shop is, is, a, is a potential minefield for the, for the game. But paradoxical outcome is a ritual that draws cards. <laughs> in vintage, like it I mean, I'm not even there. playing Wheel of Fortune in my Dark Ritual Storm deck because why would you play Wheel of Fortune in a format where negative mana draw seven plus cards is legal? I think I, all I'll, I just I have a lot to say about outcome. Let's try keep going. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make my statement about outcome, which is that it's a ritual that draws you cards, and it's the same problem as Grizzle Brand, where your combo payoff is also the engine to combo again. That's all. Because that's what outcome is. It's your. It's both the payoff of you like putting together your mana rocks in the same way that Grizzlebrand is the payoff for you putting together your graveyard reanimation, and then you just do it again and again and again. I was playtesting Vintage the other night against poor Brian from Paragon City Games, and he was trying to play two-card Monty, and I was like, unless you have a counter for this, you're, the game is super over. And it was over almost every time. Before we moved to Vintage, I, you messaged me and you said, um, like I think it was what you said, it was a, a, one of Zach's maxims where it's, Games of Legacy just feel bad to lose right now, or something like that. It was Zach said. Do you remember what you said, Zach? That it's it feels worse to lose than it than it feels good to win. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. Yes, I, I do agree with that statement. Well, you did say it. I agree with the fact that I said it. <laughs> well, no, because you said it to me. I remember. I remember like you were like Magic. You don't even said on the podcast. Magic never feels as good to win as it feels bad to lose. Yeah, and it's hard to explain it, but the point is like. You, the lows are lower and the highs are not as high. Yeah, at no, least I mean the way it feels right now. When and the the, the illustration of that, Cyrus, and the, that I messaged you was that playing tin fins. I just put a girls around the table. I don't get to do any of the cool stuff. I don't. I, all the practice I put into sequencing my LEDs and all that stuff. They Losing just without tendrils doing the collective brutality loop. Yeah, like it's just yeah. I can know. explain my headspace on on that statement uh, as well because it, it, it I can like completely make it make sense. Uh, one time I won a Grand Prix trial and it was like my first real, uh, showing for Magic since I had been back. I, it was, it was to win a Grand Prix trial to get to, uh, Vegas. So I got three buys to Vegas and no one was there at the end of the tournament that I knew. So no one cared aside from me that I had won this thing and I 
biked from Manhattan all the way to 20 side store. And I was like, I want a grand prix trial. And everyone was like, cool. <laughs> no one was like, Oh man, it's so great for you. Amazing. You know, like no, there was no one there to cheer for me when I won. And that is how I feel like every, every like giant, like, you know, moderate magic win you make is like, people are just like, meh, I don't really care that much. And so winning never feels like it should to me. Uh, you know, you, I never feel like, uh, even, even if you look at like the, the larger SEG events, like, God, I would, I would almost hate to win one of those and just be surrounded by nobody, you know? <laughs> yep. I mean, Magic's a terrible spectator sport with awful competitive format. You can read Jerry Thompson's piece that he wrote about it and what he talked about. And I think that's the thing. I mean, how I feel about it is, it's, I mean, Gristle Brand and Chalice of what I don't think are fun cards to win with. And God knows they're not fun to play against. Like, I don't know. I just think that the games you're winning with the decks right now are just feel like by their by such wide margins with such little interaction. Like, I went 12-3 at GP Richmond. I was a top finishing combo player. I feel like I played basically zero interesting games of Magic. I played against, I think, three blue decks in 15 rounds. And I was just like, every time I was like, I played a game, I played a match of Magic for my win-in for day two that was three turns. And I played three games. Or I played three games, and we played three turns. I turn one them. They played turn one Galactic. I turn one them. I went on to day two. Oh, what the sucks? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's part that's of awesome. my deck. Oh, well, I was the turn one Gattachig though. That's definitely four color alone. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think we so actually happy. played two turns because on turn two they put a Kambal and I scooped it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kambal. Uh, wish Kambal was playable. Okay, Vintage. Um, but yes, anyway, that's that's Zach's maxim that I think is great. I didn't realize it was about people like not being there. I thought it was just because like sometimes you win a game and you're like you feel bad that you won. I mean, it, it's, I feel that way. it's universal. There's a lot of stuff going that, like that. That very simple statement. Uh, there's a lot going yeah. on with that statement. Yeah. But that's where my headspace was when I said it. Tim, dude, Tim you should, Tim you should be there. When, I should be there when you win. I'll hype you up, dude. I get very excited <laughs> when my friends win. I, I was yeah. I was. I was at uh when I was when I top eighted or top four uh the one term I did well at uh Tim and Tony were there and they were both really excited and that was a lot of that was that did feel really good because they had stuck around all day in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania to watch me uh eventually get L into oblivion but yeah anyway yeah, we I'm walked out of there kid, we walked out of there with ten dual lands so <laughs> we were yes. like hey we've got ten dual lands that's sweet um vintage like is, I mean. Is it, is PO that good? I haven't played it. Um, I haven't played it in a while. I do know the first time I literally ever played actual vintage in my life. I just registered a stock PO list and went four and one in the vintage league. <laughs> uh, the format is the worst. I've, I mean, I've only been playing vintage for like two years or something, but it, it's terrible. <laughs> it's like it, you look at the pillars of the format of vintage. Bizarre Baghdad is a pillar of the format. Mm-hmm. Man, is a pillar of the format. Misha's Workshop is a pillar of the format, and Dark Ritual is a pillar of the format. And Half of those aren't viable. There's zero people playing Dark Ritual, and there's zero people playing Mana Drain. Like, it, <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, the entire format is Paradox of Outcome and Misstep, and it's like, and Mission's Workshop and Bizarre Baghdad, it's like, you know about Paradox of Outcome is it's just not fun at all. And it, it's just, it's like, it's like the best way to describe it if you haven't played Vintage is that, you know, like when High Tide goes off, and you're like, you kind of just have to sit there for like 20 minutes because you're like not sure if they'll actually kill you imagine if high tide was also uh goblin charbelcher so imagine goblin charbelcher had four force of wills and fluster storms and mind break traps uh and took 20 minutes to go off that's what playing as paradox outcome is like and it's like oh sick i won a uh, mish's workshop a deck that is 
only playing artifacts. They only play artifacts and lands that tap to make their artifacts is playing Null Rod. That deck is a Walking Ballista, Steel Overseer, uh, Arcbound Ravager, Hangerback Walker, Full Moxin, Mana Crypt, Soul Ring, Mana Vault, or maybe not Mana Vault, Mana Crypt, Soul Ring deck, and it's playing three Null Rods. That's how terrible the format is because you need it to be Paroscal Outcome. You know, Brian Kelly, who's the champion of Oath, I've seen him playing Paroscal Outcome in leagues. Montolio, who's the reigning vintage world champion, plays Paroscal Outcome sometimes. Rich Shea, who's always played Mana Drain in shops, he's playing Paroscal Outcome. It, it, it's just, you know, Rich Shea, when he top aided, he'd always been a Mana Drain player. And when he top aided with shops, he said, it feels irresponsible to play anything else. That's how Paroscal Outcome is right now. And it, it's just not fun. And it's pushing out multiple pillars of the format. And I, I just, like, don't even want to play Vintage Eternal Week because I'm a Dark Ritual player. And, yeah, I mean, I know I sound a little hip, hypercritical or hypocritical, whatever, because I always play combo decks and I'm complaining about these stupid combo decks. The thing about Dark Ritual is it is a real cost to play that card in your deck because if you play Dark Ritual, it gets mental misstep or you get countered, you're down so many cards. Like, I played against Andrea Mangucci in, like, a 50-round or 50-person Vintage from the other day, and he molded four and went land, mox, 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 and then scribe Paroxal I'll come to top. I, I couldn't discard him, and then he drew Paroxal I'll come for turn to kill man turn two. What was that? It's just, I don't know. Format sucks. Um, it, it's, it's funny, though. The thing is, with Paradox outcome is, is that it is kind of fun, I guess, until you do it a zillion times, maybe, to go off. It's fun, like, it. once. It's fun yeah. how, like, Tin Fins is fun, like, once. Because you're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I did this whoa, whoa. <laughs> thing with Children of Corliss. Uh, oh, wait, actually, all that really happened was I cast Entomb Shallow Grave. That's the entire deck. Yeah. How you win after you do those things doesn't really matter. Well, would you like me to tell you? No. No, <laughs> no, no one wants to know. <laughs> I played a lot of Tin Fins. No, I know. Tin Fins is great. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's tough because it does feel like you're playing vintage. Like, but, but the thing is, when I was testing with Brian the other night, we weren't, we were, I thought it was going to be more informal and we weren't really keeping track of stuff. Um, but he was like letting me, because he's a nice guy, letting me go through all the PO loops. And I was like, I wasn't running anything down. I didn't keep a track of anything floating. And I was getting really like flustered. And meanwhile, like a crowd of people are watching us test and they're like, you have a Hercules recall. Like I've got 30 cards in my hand. Hold on. Like it is a very vintagey deck. Like in that you're just doing crazy stuff and your hand is just bigger than your deck. And then you cast Mind's Desire and just flip over your whole deck. Like I, I get that, I, but it, it, it's sad to say that, but it really is like probably not a good it, it, it's sad that it's so fun sometimes but it's not like great for the uh great for the format well it maybe isn't too good it just is unfun it's just <laughs> so do you think that if they restricted uh po would be okay or do you think that needs a ban they oh ban. they've never i mean they don't ban things of vintage uh this is true yeah uh, that definitely would not i mean no no card is banned for power level reasons yeah this is true. so when i when i say banned if i if i did say anything about ban and vintage i i mean restricted yeah um but yeah, I think PO should be absolutely restricted, and then it just isn't possible to build an engine off of it. I think that I, I personally think misstep is bad for the format, and standstill players will argue that it's good for the format because it keeps Dark Ritual in check. Okay, go look at MTG Top 8 or MTG Goldfish or whatever you want and tell me how many standstills and Dark Rituals you've seen in the metagame percentage in the last six months. I'm going to tell you it's less than 1%. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. Like, if someone's going to perfect storm me, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I... I, I I hate that, like, playing Misstep is sort of a cost of playing, like, a fair blue deck in the format. And and it, the funny thing about Misstep is, like, on top of it being, like, kind of a dumb card, it's really bad against shops, and that just makes shops that much, that much better. I mean, we can go back to talking about what the hell they were even talking about being, like, oh, Gush 
and mentor are uh, restricted because that'll that'll affect shops negatively somehow. Yeah, in their ban announcement for the, for Gush and Cataxian Probe, they said we feel that the two top decks are Monastery Mentor decks and Mission Workshop decks. They did not really mention Gush or Cataxian Probe in this announcement. So what they said was they said we feel Monastery Mentor and Mission Workshop are too good. End of the announcement. We're restricting Gush and Cataxian Probe. Yeah, like hold what? on a second there. Well, and the then Shops was 40% of the meta. Yeah, I feel like when they restricted Mentor eventually, too, that, well, I feel like there was there were more, quote-unquote, fair decks in Vintage when Mentor was legal deck, not just because it was they were playing Mentor, but because more people were playing Mentor, and there were more there were different angles of attack that come from a more fair perspective that might have opened up Shop. But now that, now that Mentor is, you know, not a, a deck on its own, it's really just like a win-con in the outcome deck, and whatever Xerox well, no, like Jeskai Mentor is the most played deck in the format. Yeah, but it's Jeskai's stuff, and Mentor's in the deck because, you know, they just ripped through the yeah. deck, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 made it so that Vintage is sort of the same thing, where it's just like, um, there's there's really just one sort of viable shell because it's not it's the only thing that beats these other two things, and or other three things, if you want to count Dredge. And, you know, there's nothing, it's not, it's not a big enough, it's a big enough percentage, but not so much that you prey on it, I guess. Well, maybe well Vintage is supposed to be like that. Vintage is supposed to be a format with four decks. They're supposed to be managering decks, which can include Standstill, um, Oath, things like that. They're supposed to be Dark Ritual decks, which is Doomsday, uh, Storm. They're supposed to be Shops decks, they're supposed to be Bizarre decks. The problem is, is that there's not, there, there's, there's two decks right now that I see as actually real. There's, you know, maybe three. But I really only see Shops and PO as being viable choices. And Shops, the deck with mono lock pieces and null rods, is a dog to the turn one combo deck. That is nonsense. It's too easy to vintage people with outcome decks. I and mean, the outcome decks have changed so much. I mean, they were cute and sort of curiosities, the mono blue versions that came out. But since they realized how to splash and what splashes were good, I, I think I agree that it's just been like, just gotten yeah. a little crazy. Um, it has very big weaknesses. It's very weak to Stony Silence, Null Rod. It's very weak to Fluster Storm, Pyroblast. I, I don't get me wrong. I don't think it's too good. I just think it leads to un, in, an uninteresting format. I'm playing not... Null Rod in my Storm deck, my deck with Lion's Eye Diamond. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up here quickly. Just talk a little bit about Eternal Weekend, uh, which I think this might, be our, this might be our last cast before Eternal Weekend. Got to check on dates. Um, I'm going, and Phil and I are working on side decks because I kind of want to play a side deck. I kind of want to. I kind of want to do that. I want to play Force of Willian Chalice. I guess is what I'm going for. I tested oh. last night. I tried. I tested a build last night with Preordains and Thought Seizes, and I just lost to a bunch of Chalice decks. So now I'm just sort of like, if you can't beat them, join them. But we'll see. I'm gonna be getting some reps in. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> I understand. I don't. You make me sick. Do not <laughs> play a Force of Chalice deck against me, or I'll quit Legacy forever. Already. Why are you, are you are you playing Storm, Cyrus? Honestly, you know, I own a fully foiled Storm deck, Black Border Storm deck, uh, fully signed, whatever, or mostly signed. I don't know if I'm going to play it. I think that I think that although Storm is a, a very high percentage of the meta game right now, I think the deck is just terrible. I think it's, I think that you're too slow without Probe to beat the non-blue decks, and I think that now that people are playing like accumulated knowledge and stuff and Snapcaster Mage, it's like you're without Cabal Therapy, you're not able to grind through the blue decks. Uh, I've been testing Dredge, so. You know, I don't even want to go. I think the format is stupid. I think, what is the dumbest thing I could be doing? And it feels like casting Breakthrough is the dumbest thing I could be doing that's not Gristlebrand. So I might be going, I might be casting Breakthrough in response to Lion's 
after uh, maybe I'll bring breakthrough in response cracking lines at him. Maybe I'll bring maybe I'll play Drudge. I gotta practice. Yeah, I just five like my it won the last two legacy challenge. I just five with it. Stupid deck. I think the format is just gonna you're gonna have people who are playing the just cut off interaction as much as possible decks, and then you're gonna have people who are trying to follow like you know the pseudo gentleman's agreement of playing fun interactive decks and the people who are bringing the fun interactive decks are just going to feel really bad at the end of the day the one thing though is if you're playing in this format at eternal weekend don't bring your like situation like i think fluster is garbage right now i think you need to be playing if you want to hate out the combo decks you have to be playing like the actual cast this thing the game ends those are your board cards. You have to have the lights, the lights out haymaker cards where you can afford them. The only ones that you can't are you have to be playing surgical because you, all of the grave hate, you're just dead before any of it's relevant. Um, but if you're thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get them with this sort of situational sideboard card, you're just gonna they're they're gonna play through it or play around it or discard it, and it's not gonna be relevant. Like, play the hard out. That's why the format sucks because those games don't lead to interesting games of magic for either player. I fully agree. Zach, do you remember the last time we went to Eternal Weekend together? I do. What was happening? I, I remember I rage bought a bunch of uh, proxy power cards. We went to the Eternal, the last, the only Eternal Championship where Treasure Cruise was legal. Yes. And Phil, what you just said made me think of that that moment where we're, Zach and I were kind of driving in that day, and we were like, "Huh, what did we? What did you bring? Uh, I brought like I brought like Abzan. What did you bring? I brought Rug Delver." This might have been a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I brought Rug Delver, and I was playing two Treasure Cruises in the deck. I was 3-0 and at one point. I, w- I played a deck that was tuned to beat the Treasure Cruise decks, and basically won. I lost every die roll and won every game where I was on the play. I, I just lost every game on the draw because the tempo was so great. I wonder if that's going to be the case. I hope it's not. Maybe I should get better at winning the die roll. But that was such a bizarre tournament when I looked back on it. I remember, like, yeah, I actually was right. That my deck was going to be good because every time I won the die roll, I did just fine. But I lost the die roll a bunch of times. So. I, I would definitely be curious to know after we look at the top eight and the top sixteen, how many of those people won, how many of their die rolls? Because I think the die roll right now is more important than it's been in a like, un, like I can't remember. I mean, the die roll is always important, obviously, but like right now. The difference between the die roll, losing the die roll, and winning the die roll is whether or not you get to play at all. Cyrus, closing argument on the die roll, too important? Um, I don't know. I think the two best decks in the format right now are Dredge and Black Rider Animator, so you tell me what that means about the die roll. <laughs> I will, will say this. That's not evidence of a diverse metagame. That's a, evidence of an unhealthy metagame. Play, bring your, bring your social extractions. All right. Well, we're getting we we had a nice nice cast tonight, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and cut us off here so that we can uh, move on. Um, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons as usual. I don't think we had any new patrons since our last cast, but thank you to those of you who have signed up. It's only been a couple days. I think we recorded on Sunday. Um, you can find Cyrus and our other friend of the podcast, Eric Virgo, at Top Down Legacy. There was just a new um, a new episode that came out today that I have to listen to tomorrow on the plane to Texas about tempo where eric's going to talk about rug right? for two hours for two hours two hours and if you're more interested in vintage we didn't get to touch on it a ton here uh, eric for those that don't know is a vintage master who top aided the vintage world championships last year and we will be doing a deep dive on vintage before eternal weekend sweet any other announcements zach phil 
I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> Taking my kids for Halloween. I'm doing my first anniversary in Disney World uh, coming up. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Thanks. That's that's uh, the big that's the big I can't go to Eternal Weekend because I spent money on uh, my you know my relationship. <laughs> yeah, I can just see Nate. That's kind of like this is good. Yeah, right. We'll both we'll, we'll, we'll both be on planes. They will see you yeah. at the airport. Yeah, in Pit, we're gonna be in Pittsburgh, <laughs> the greatest, the happiest city on earth. Yes, I've been to Pittsburgh in quite a while actually. All right. All what right. What about you, Phil? Are you gonna be at the gym doing bicep curls? Dude, I, I don't have time to go to Eternal Weekend because I just have so many bicep curls to do. Get swole. There's just way there's way too many <laughs> curls to be done. Okay, no game. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. No problem, man. It's great. It's great having you. Uh, I think that does it for this week. Cheers, fam. Everybody, have a good one. to get those wonderful toys. Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrials.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.